two first round picks. They played like canted. I've got a stack of losses, so. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's my dad. He's like Twinkle Toe, isn't he? Well, he was a magic day. When Ferrari came on, it was just literally like two clowns playing opposite each other. To be fair, if I lost to me, I'd be pretty pissed off. Oh my god, what an idiot I am. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sesh Gremlin Championship podcast. My name is Andy McKinney, manager of Johnny Lawrence. And, uh, well, I'm still running away with it. Maybe not as much as I would have hoped, um, given the the results of the weekend. Uh, and that brings me on to my co-host, Matthew Nelson of Benelsa, who, unfortunately, you lost this weekend, didn't you, to, to the commissioner? Uh, I did, yes, I did. There's uh, a lot of sore points around this weekend's football <laughs> activities, to be fair. Well, we'll get on to that. We will. Uh, I was expecting you to beat him, to be honest, and, and extend my lead at the top, but alas, it wasn't to be. It, it would have happened had it not been for his blasted Chelsea stack. And... That bloody stack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, our, our guest this week um, well, used to used to share um, top spot with me back in the, the days of, <laughs> of autumn and late summer, um, but he's, he's currently fifth. Um, he's the... Well, he's, he's in the, the high fifth, which is, is something he's not used to, I don't think, um, if I can get the slams in early. Uh, the manager of Long Legs FC, Gary Whitworth, welcome to the show. Welcome. Gary, this is when you come in and say hello. <clears throat> oh, dear. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Oh, for all Gary. <laughs> Gary, you slandered him too early, mate. And he's <laughs> I had to. I just had to go there. Congratulate <coughs> him. Right. So I think that I, uh, I tried him back in. Uh, let's add him back in. Let's see how this goes. We have been having technical issues, and I think it's best to warn these technical issues because no one's perfect, are they? Let's be fair. No one's perfect. Let's just. What a great start. Not a great start, but we've we fleshed it out. I think we covered really well there. <laughs> Ah <laughs> oh, dear. <clears throat> Sorry about that. It's all right. <laughs> so, uh, how much of that did you hear? <laughs> it literally, the, the moment it, it was meant to be, uh, when you said, and here's Long Legs FC Gary, I said hello and it dropped out. <laughs> Fantastic. So, you heard all this stuff about you not being perhaps as good as, as other people. <laughs> <laughs> I heard basically, I got to, when yeah, you said I was joint top and then I literally came in and said, ah, yeah, those heady days of being joint top and it just cut out and I thought. Fantastic. Oh. Good stuff. Much like your season. Am I right? <laughs> this drops. <laughs> anyway. And then just hits, goes off a cliff edge. <laughs> Well, um, you did start the season really well, and I'll, I'll be—I'll admit it. I'm always a fan of your teams. I, I've been looking back over the the seasons, and I, I of all the the players in the league, I always like your team. Um, Says were you? <laughs> I, de- I definitely didn't say it to Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Um, did you enjoy the draft this season? Was were you confident going in? Well, so my my drafts. Normally, my draft strategy is no strategy. I'm very, <laughs> I, compared to every other league, bar maybe one. Actually, yeah, one. No. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> one. No, I think compared to every other manager, I I don't have the depth of knowledge uh, most of the other, most of the other managers do. Especially, you know, coming the week after Mike, who's like an encyclopedia on on football, like. I can't name you like the right back for Norwich or anything like that. So a lot of mine is going off gut instinct. Um, but last season, if we, if we go back to last season, I did the exact opposite. With lockdown and everything going on, a lot more spare time, I went full Moneyball, made Google Sheets, had you know projected, and anal- now had all this analysis, put all this together. It was you know put my rankings together going into the draft had what i thought was a great draft last season and then lost the first five games and then <laughs> oh no 
<laughs> so I vowed that this season I wasn't going to follow any of the Twitter like analysis. I was just going to go in it purely on instinct. And it seems to be serving me well. So, you know, I, 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 looking back at my draft, I think I did quite good. I think I probably made... If I were looking at the draft, I think I made the pick of the draft, which sounds very confident, but I think I, 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 think I did. Who's that now? Well, I think Bernardo Silva. Bernardo, yeah, yeah, was an in, if I say so myself, an inspired pick. <laughs> yeah, but considering because considering at the time he was meant to be leaving, it was a bit of a punt. But in those final two rounds, it tends to be everyone just picks players that you know had a good season maybe two seasons ago and may hopefully come back, or they kind of established names that maybe aren't always going to start. Yeah, um, and well, yeah, he turned out to be a diamond. So, when in the I, same breath, I I took Tammy Abraham, and <laughs> he, he pissed off the Whitley. So, <laughs> I, I think Gary, you're you're possibly the king of the the late round picks because you got Lacazette the year before, mm. um, last last pick of the draft, and and he t- he actually did all right in in patches at least. Um, yeah. So you definitely did well there. I'm just looking at your draft from the season before, actually, and, and you know I can see why you picked certain players, but you also came unstuck. Um, you know Matt Doherty in the fourth round, having joined Spurs, obviously didn't work. Um, and, and Sebastian Haller at West Ham in the seventh round. Again, I'm a big fan of his. I can see why you would pick him, but obviously that didn't work out either. Um, no. So, yeah. That's where the Google. That's where the Google sheet failed me. <laughs> the, the the analysis wasn't. I mean, yeah, I'd watched Moneyball. I was reading a lot of Twitter analysis, and it, you know, I I, I I I didn't work out. It was terrible. Where did you finish that season? Actually, last season I finished tenth. Season before Wait, sixth, oh. and then season before that seventh. Okay, so I, th- I don't think it's unfair to say that the the position you're in now is probably the best you've ever done. Is yeah, that fair? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm really riding my luck at this position right now. And that's how that ends this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just I don't know, again I've, I've, this season was this draft was very much I'm not gonna put any faith into my previous analysis and this is going off having watched a lot more football than I'd watched for probably nice, yeah. the previous five seasons, just because it was all, you know, it, you had nothing else to do but watch football. Um, so it kind of came from that. And then I still feel I messed it up with my first pick, but <laughs> but then again, that first pick allowed me to get Ronaldo. So it all worked out. Well, I don't, I don't, you know, the, your first pick was uh, Jack Grealish, who... I, I very kindly took off your hands, you know, just in your pursuit for for Cristiano. But um, I, I wouldn't even I, I would not say that he's he's been a disappointment really. I know I have him, and I'm probably biased, but he's he's scored fairly well. Yeah, well, they're, they're not too they're not too different. To be fair, I had to do a little bit of only a tiny bit of analysis yesterday, and Grealish has got 183.9 points, averaging 14.15 a game. Madison, who you traded. And we'll get on to obviously a retrade of Madison, but at the minute he's on 178 points with 11.18. Granted, that's probably gone up a lot in the last four or five games, but it's not the worst trade in the world now. <clears throat> I think we agree. I think my it's funny how when you look back, you kind of think things differently. But looking back on that first pick with Grealish, knowing that Scott straight after me picked Salah. Knowing Salah was available, it just mm. seemed very oh. naive pick. No. Oh, was it? I it, thought it was the other way around. I thought Salah was picked, then you got a Grealish. No, it's it's yeah. So it's oh, Bruno, Gary, KDB, Gary, and then and then Grealish, then Salah, Mane, Kane. Yeah, I mean, I think that was that was more the media Twitter hype of Grealish. <laughs> the Man City team really did me a, did a job over me there. So. Again, I'm going to defend you because I, I had him last season and he was awesome. He was yeah. so, so good. 20 points a game. Um, with our scoring as well, he, he picked up so many points. Fouls suffered and things like that. 110 fouls suffered last season. Yeah, he got quite a few. Um, so I, I get, 
I mean, looking at it now with with Mo Salah doing as well as he is, that's definitely a missed opportunity. Um, but I, I, if I was in your position, I'd probably have done the same. Oh well, that's nice. That's good to know. I would. You would have picked Rafinha, so you can't talk. <laughs> well, no, my 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 aim. If I was ever that high in the draft, then Salah would be. I know everyone went for Fernandez. Oh, Julian, we're going to get Fernandez, and that were correct because he had an awesome, awesome season last year, and he started off the season obviously really well with his three goals against Leeds. Thank you very much. But uh, if Salah were free, I don't think I'd pick any anyone but Salah, even over Rafinha. But that's that. I mean, that's just me. Obviously, it's Gary's higher than me. I don't really have a leg to stand on to, to laugh at him. Oh, but he. Um, yeah, I, I would have picked Salah. Well, his points per game for Salah was was lower than Grealish last season. So <clears> I, I, Grealish did miss a lot of games uh, with injury, but I don't. Again, I don't think that's as bad a decision as maybe it looks now. You know, at the time. Yeah, it does. Does your allegiance to Manchester United or or any other team does that come into it when you obviously you picked um, two City players in the first three rounds? So maybe not, mm-hmm. but. Um, does that come into it? Maybe do you have that bias when you when it comes to picking up fantasy players? No, not not as much as I used to. I think I've, I think in the initial days of you know when we played Togger and and probably even in the beginning seasons of fan tracks, there was probably a bit of that. But I think that's kind of just lost now. I don't think I actually drafted any United players. No, so yeah, it, it, I, I'm I'm now more focused on actually winning. Um, and that becomes harder sometimes with, with picking up um, United players, obviously, apart from the big trade for Ronaldo. But no, I'm a, I'm think, I like to think I'm a bit more well-rounded. Yeah, talk, okay. us, talk us through that, actually, because, I mean, obviously, from the outside, you got Ronaldo, but there were a lot of inner workings. I know there were quite a few people that <laughs> could have gone for Ronaldo at the time. And um, how did you come to pass to uh, to actually land Ronaldo? It was got. It has to be the most stressful point <laughs> in fantasy football, and it was honest to god, my heart was absolutely pounding. <laughs> like, it was during work hours as well. So, I, and it was just before yeah. I meet at work, so I had to get this done, get it sorted, and get gone. The 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 so the, the way it came about was I traded Jack Grealish for it was it James Madison and was it a hundred yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I, so we'd been talking about it for a few days because I knew that with Ronaldo coming in, someone was going to get him. It was going to be someone who had a lot of fab. And I think Chan was the only person. I'd, yeah. I'd worked out that if I could get 100 fab, I would be maybe three fab above Chan. And the nearest person below Chan would be about 10 fab, which might have been Jordan or Luke or someone. So I had to wrangle a deal with someone, which ended up being Andy, to get the fab. But then I had to accept it and get my get my waiver in for Ronaldo within the final probably thirty seconds before. <laughs> it was it was, it was brilliant. Seconds, and I was so honestly I was shaking. It was <laughs> it was that <laughs> I was shaking. For it to go through, and I was convinced it hadn't gone through. I was convinced it, it it hadn't worked, and I was absolutely gutted. And it was only kind of a minute later when I saw Ronaldo in the like starting lineup that it it had worked and it had all come to pass. But it was the biggest heist of my kind of fan tracks career. I think it was the big because it, it was such a big transfer. It was it was you know I felt that as well because I was I was sitting there five to three. Uh, or whatever time it was, five to two, or whatever you know, with the time difference, thinking, right, is Gary gonna is Gary gonna take this? If he's not gonna take this, and I had an offer from Julian mm. to get thirty five fab to get Ronaldo. So if you hadn't have taken that, I would have accepted Julian's offer and then got Ronaldo myself. Yeah. So I I was like in that same position of like, and you don't want to accept it too early, so someone has a chance to yeah. to do a deal and and get. So, you know, I can't even imagine at what position you would have been in and how stressful that would have been for you. Um, I, was, I was so convinced that <laughs> someone was going to... I was so convinced it was going to fail because nothing like that ever goes right for me in fantasy. <laughs> I 
you know, I think the, the karma for all this has been the Madison trade. But it yeah. genuinely it always goes wrong. So I was so convinced that someone else was going to trade. Chan was going to come in and beat me by one fab or Andy had double-crossed me and something like that. <laughs> I was like, it had to go wrong in my mind, but it, it actually works. And yeah, it's been, it, it gave a bit of a buzz to my team. It pushed it along a bit more. And then Chan with it. Ronaldo. Sorry. No, no, you're absolutely fine. Go answer yeah. that question. Yeah, but yeah, I think I am. Uh, he's not like he's done, he's done, he's done brilliantly. I mean, he comes in spurts. Sometimes you know it, it's a bit. You know, sometimes you'll have a game where you know he just you know it's twenty five points or thirty points, and then others you know like against Chelsea, it was like minus one point five because he only got played for twenty five minutes or something. So it it mo- on the mo- on you know for the most part, yeah, he's been brilliant. Um, but it's just the odd couple of games where I think even when he started. He wasn't really breaking past five or six points, which was I started getting buyer's remorse. And then looking at it now, he got the you know yeah game against Spurs where he scored twenty five. I thought, okay, this is it. He's, he's what did he get in his first game against Newcastle? Because he scored in that one, didn't he? Um, I'm not sure actually. I can't. Um, sorry, I'd, I'd I would have my iPad up, but it's been. Horrible. 25 yeah 25 points so we actually got more against Spurs um, yeah. yeah but yeah. not for your for your game back it's not a bad return is it considering he's, he's just there for the threat and he doesn't really do the hard yards as I love um, but he doesn't well, really yeah, like chase any <laughs> distance covered points really. <laughs> no but he doesn't really put like loads of tackles in or he's just there for your aerials really and obviously your goals and assistant is so 25 for I'd say it was probably worth the stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, he's yeah, he's well worked out, and he was just he was kind of just what I needed as well. Because my big problem was I had Sterling up front um, with you know Ollie Watkins, and Sterling was falling foul to the whole Pep roulette of never knowing when he was going to play. I mean, he started, he didn't start most of the, for the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah. So I had a kind of gaping hole at the at the at the. Uh, Top of my formation, and I was just that's why I just ended up with so many midfielders. Well, I think I think quite a lot of us we spoke about this, didn't we, last week? About there's been an absolute influx of midfielders, defenders, mm. and not so many at the top end of the pitch. So I, I have the same issue, I think. I mean, I play a mixture of Rafinha and Trossard up front, sometimes putting Trossard back in at midfield because I just I don't have anyone else. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, it is tricky. I, I know how you feel. You know, I've only got Kane and Son and Jota. <laughs> it's, really, it's really tricky. Oh, yeah, I, I cry for you, mate. I don't know how I manage. And, you know, sometimes I have to put Sancho up there or Saka or Martinelli or Grealish or Buendia. It's really, tr- really hard, you know. I'd never Buendia. What? He doesn't get a game. Buendia comes on for Wendy Buendia is... is uh, Nailing it for, for Steven Gerrard, I think you'll find. He he almost made um oh he 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 almost he got ten points against Norwich. I mean, come on, that is some some good good football, liquid football. Yeah, I can see dropping Kane and Son and just keeping Buendia. We don't need him. Buendia was my second round pick, and I was delighted to get him, and I still am. So you know, haters gonna hate, but he's a, he's a guy. You always stick with your players, like you always stick behind them if you keep them. <laughs> yeah, a, you know what's well, about. Are there any players? Uh, there is a player that I've seen in your draft many, many times um, uh, who is, is Richarlison. Uh, but are there any other players that you do keep an eye out, certainly in the sort of mid rounds where it does come into play a little bit more preference in terms of uh, rather than rankings, which is obviously more important early on? Are the players that you keep an eye out for and, and prefer? Yeah, I mean, um, again, it, I don't want to. I don't want to put it out there that I've got. I've got much of a strategy anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, right, end of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have strategies during the season, but the draft is it, it. Apart from last year, when you know, I thought I had it all down. The rest of my draft strategy is really just organised panic, and it's it is 
going, you know, looking along the lines, going, okay, you know, what's their your predicted points per game? Have I heard of them? And I'm going to be, I want to be honest about it because it's not, it's not like, oh yeah, God, I remember that guy, you know, no idea, but I might have remembered him or do a good pass and go, yeah, I'll have him because there's 10 seconds left. Um, But it just said when I do like, I do like Everton players for some reason. Mm. Um, They seem to kind of fall under the radar a bit and I end up picking up a few of them. Um, so I don't know what it is about Richarlison or Townsend or something like that. I do do quite fancy them uh, and on the pitch you know, playing for long legs, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's it, it, strategy wise, it's very much as I say, organised panic. Well, <laughs> Townsend's has been wonderful. I I would have thought they got a lot more points had Dominic Carver Lewin been fit, but yeah, he's up there and. I mean, obviously, I haven't played a few games, but it was higher. But he's twenty seventh with two hundred and ten points, which isn't bad good, considering yeah. they got him on a free. And and then Silver, who, oh god, I mean, I was gonna get, I'd have got him round four or five, had it not been rumored to go. Like I, Abraham, wasn't even rumored to go to Italy, and then he went to Italy, and Silver stayed, and he were rumored to go all <laughs> over the place. So I, I wanted, I wanted Silver like round four or five, and. I left him because of the rumours. I thought we're gone. And he's on 271 points. He's fifth highest overall. Um, That's brilliant. I mean, with with Silva, I, I had him the season that De Bruyne was injured and he was mm. awesome. He was so, so good. And and you've seen him come in with, with KDB being injured quite a lot of the time or with COVID. Mm. He's playing that role and he's so good. Like he picks up points for fun, so you're, you're you're seeing that, and you know it might drop off now with with De Bruyne back. But um, well, against Leeds in the seven nil, he only got five point seven. I bet you're absolutely yeah. devastated. Yeah. <laughs> he came off quite early, didn't he? Yeah, I think he came off at half time. Oh, did yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, because he, yeah, he, he was meant to have it, picked up an injury, and that was, and then so I was worried about him against Newcastle, but then he he started and scored like fifteen points, so. He's he, yeah, he's been amazing, and I think really when we got to that point in the draft, I was surprised that he was still there. And then again, my usual kind of thought process was like, "Oh, get him!" And then I was like, "Wait a minute, why is he still there? People will not." And then I remembered, "Oh shit, yeah, he's meant to be leaving." And I was kind of at that point, you know, it just goes, "Well, I just need to get a squad together. Let's work out where he'll go. He, he's gonna at least get a few games, and it'll be fine. I'm sure he'll score." a few points, I can always rotate him in and out. Um, but he's just been absolutely amazing. And yeah, it really, really, to be honest, it's been the backbone of the team because without him, I don't think I'd be as high up in the table as I am. Well, I think I, early on when they played Liverpool and it took on like six players and then played a, a splitting pass through to Forden who sillily put it wide, um, <laughs> I just thought, oh my God, what an idiot I am. That I didn't pick him up, <laughs> and then he's obviously he's just he's just unreal, and he's he's one person out of your team that I'd be, I'd I mean I had Watkins last year, and Watkins for all his faults and hardly any. I mean, I think didn't he hit the bar most more times than any other player, like all <laughs> the woodwork. I mean, I I loved him, but you obviously you took him second round, which is big, really considering yeah. who was still there. I mean, you got Raheem in, in the third, but. Was did you want Watkins? Um, or were you just shocked that he was there in the second? And that's when he when he took him, panicked. What what was the reason for getting him? Yeah, to... definitely a bit of panic. I mean, every choice has got a bit of panic in there. <laughs> um, but he, I just assumed with kind of Grealish going, he might do. I don't know. He might have more responsibility. Do more. And I just, and again, I think that was probably one of the few bits of, of like Twitter analysis that I picked up on that kind of stuck in my head. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to have to go for him. And I'm still, the jury's out really with me as to whether I still, I'm still happy with that choice. Um, but I don't know. I think like I didn't want to, you know, who got who got taken after Cancelo after Saka, Ward Prowse, you know, yeah. Havertz, Suchek. Well, they, still, they were before thought... you, weren't they? So they they were. I think we, you missed. Oh, yeah, we talked actually. 
we talked last week with Mike about the the sort of drop off in in quality between the first ten picks mm. probably, and then to maybe Rafinha you put in that sort of bracket maybe. Um, I think Watkins at, at twenty two is a is a great pick. Looking at what came after him, yeah, yeah, I'd agree. yeah, yeah. And I was again the guy I was really happy to get Sterling as well because you know he's another one of those players that if he's on the board, I probably will go for him. I've just yeah. it feels consistent. And again, it, it's just hard with picking City players, as we all know, just hoping they're going to start because they've just got so many great players. That but he was just, always rumoured to leave as well, wasn't he? I mean, it's still rumoured to leave. Um, but I would say, with Watkins, apparently Arsenal, I mean, he's a boy at Arsenal fan anyway, but Arsenal want him. Now, whether there's any truth in January that they're going to go for a striker, Given that that Bamiang might be on the way out, um, it might be. I mean, I don't know how much he'd go for. What do you reckon they'd sell him for? It'd fifty million or something? Forty, fifty. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're not going to sell him for less, are they? No. no. And I think Arsenal probably would be stupid enough to pay that. I reckon. <laughs> so you, you never know. He might he might go to Arsenal. But um, Bamiang has to leave now, doesn't he? Oh Maybe. yeah. But Barca, I can't. I can't understand. Having seen what he's done, I mean, obviously, no one really knows apart from inside the club what he did and the rumours he went for a tattoo and missed training. But if you're a club looking at him, why the hell would you pay him 350 grand a week knowing that he's got that in his locker? You just wouldn't. No. I mean, it depends what the tattoo was of because if it was a tattoo. (laughs) You were saying Arteta out, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if he said it, yeah, that's the last thing. But if it was was a tattoo of Arteta. Yes. I mean, you know, it could have been a really nice Christmas present for Arteta. You don't know. It could have been, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. It, but yeah. Before we move um, on about your um, your roster management, I'm looking at your team now, and you have the profile of your midfield is is quite interesting. You've got Hoiberg, Partey, Westwood, Romeo. And you could argue Kayate is a, a holding midfielder as well. There's a lot of defensive-minded midfielders. Is that yeah. something to do with the um, the change in our point scoring, or is that just pick, finding midfielders who play every week? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So, my, kind of one of my thoughts, one I did have one kind of thought going in the draft as well was that I needed to always make sure I could field the team yeah. at eleven because. You know, as you know, and listeners won't know, but I've always struggled with putting out a full 11 or leaving my best players on the bench and having probably a bench that scores better than half the half the, half the other teams in the league. Um, so really, I think some of it was to do with the points, the points changes, but I didn't really kind of factor that in too much, um, if I'm honest. Partly laziness, partly um, I just wanted to kind of go, go with my gut instinct. Party but, business. Yeah, but <laughs> I think yeah, there's two there's two midfielders in there that I can tell you why they why they exist. And Romeo was um, a, just a random pickup to field a, a full eleven. Um, and again, he just seemed like he was he was doing. I couldn't understand why he was a free agent at the time. I think maybe Dan who dropped. I can't remember who dropped him now. Um, Dan, Dan's got some good midfielders. I'm not sure if you're aware of recent activity from Dan, but he's, he's got quite quite good midfielders. <laughs> yeah, he does seem to he seems to have picked up a few, doesn't he? Um, and <laughs> party was well, party is because of Madison, um, which is probably why, why party. Well, who doesn't love a party now? The Tories. Party's there because because of the trade to Dan and on, what on paper looked like a fair trade. Um, and I really, that was one time where I'd kind of maybe got a bit confident because I'd lost all of my usual um, fear of trading, um, which is normally because I, I have a fear of trading because I always feel that I'm always coming up at the short end of it. And I looked at this one for a while, and I couldn't see any problem. And then on paper, to be fair, when we did the trade, everyone seemed to think it was it was, it was was fine. It was kind of like for like, party for Madison. 
there you go. I've got a mid. I've got a you know little you know score about nine points a game. Hopefully, Dan's got similar. All good. They didn't end up that way, <laughs> um, and Madison just decided to have the best. Four games of his life. Four games of his life. <laughs> he scored. He scored over a hundred points, I think, in in that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which oh, obviously you want to know. I mean, is it? Did did Dan suggest party? Did did you ask for him? Who was the instigator? Dan suggest party. Yeah, it was. It was a trade that just. It was a trade that came in, um, and it just seemed just seemed fair to me. I think because because Madison was injured, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, I'll get rid of some dead weight. I need again my focus of needing to field eleven players, and it seemed it seemed fine. It seemed like a good idea, which you know on paper it was a good idea at the time. Get rid of someone who's injured, scores roughly the same points. You know, I think at the time I wanted to get rid of Leicester any Leicester players that I had. Yeah. Um. So and Arsenal were on the up. They were going through that winning streak with Arteta. So I thought. Let's jump on that train, and as usual, I I sabotage that train. And <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just looking at the um the stats here because you can you can look at how players have scored for for individual teams. So James Madison, you had him from the end of the transfer window when I gave him to you. So you mm-hmm. had him for a, a fair chunk of time. You only yeah. actually started him twice. Yeah. Because you you'd never you always had him on your bench. You never seemed to really trust him. Is yeah. there, what is is there something in that, or you seem well, to have a problem with Leicester players? He he was he was just kind of an afterthought. I really didn't want Madison off you. I just wanted Ronaldo. So you didn't the, you didn't accept my original offer. I wouldn't have given you Madison. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was the original offer? I I gave him. I was just going to give him a hundred for Grealish, and he yeah. and he was someone in iron. So I thought, hey, have Madison as well. Yeah. You could have you could have negotiated. Well, I thought I thought you know at the time I didn't want to just. <laughs> I said, a part of it was if if it all went wrong, at yeah. least I have a player, and Madison sure. seemed fine. Um, but realistically, once I got Ronaldo, you know, Ronaldo was, Ronaldo was the new toy. Madison just got dropped. He was like Toy Story, like Woody just got thrown aside. But like, uh, um, that was it. So really, I didn't really care about Madison whatsoever. Um, but he was just good. he was good to have. Um, and then so when the trade came in, you know, he'd been injured. Dan offered me party. Yeah, it all seemed great. Um, and now it's the worst decision, one of the worst decisions I've ever made. I think Jordan worked out that. I went a run of four games where so the four games following trade in Madison. Oh, you definitely would have won. <laughs> yeah. Won two and lost two. But if I'd have kept Madison and started him, I would have won all four. Um and that's diff- that's a tough pill to swallow, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but talking about your uh, not been at a field field team now, I know there were obviously games that were cancelled this week or last weekend, but you only fielded seven players. Mm. And you still you still managed to Scrape a victory and fielded eight the week before, and obviously lost to Ben. But um, it's not bad going, seven players and getting the, no, I think the the loss to Ben was the Ben the Ben loss two weeks ago was difficult because you know I I had eight players and it scored one hundred and one points. That's a great week, you know, in my book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you if any any week you can score hundred points from eight, you know, you you look like you're going to win. Problem was I was against. You know, two first round picker. You know, I just now I don't know. Sing well, I will underhandedly taking some more players, and we we can talk about that at some point. But he's you know he's got one hundred and forty nine from nine players. There's no way you can ever beat that. So I was just really unfortunate that it came up against. Well, he'd have beat you with three, wouldn't he? Trent Alexander yeah. twenty nine and a half, yeah. JDB forty one point nine, and Mar has got forty two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you look any, anyone six, would have lost to that. Yeah, if you look at the other six players, they really weren't pulling away. Ashley Young with one point seven, <laughs> <laughs> two. It was kind of like, yeah, it was difficult. Whereas you know, last week against Scott, 
it was again. I think it, it, a lot of it is it's relying on silver and sterling. Yeah, They've, you know, and Edison as well. Edison's, you know, for a goalkeeper, he, he's solid because he'll just get you them clean sheets. Like I said he doesn't make many saves because the defense is so good, but he's just guaranteed to get those clean sheet points, um, which to me is, you know, is is the best you're going to get from some keepers. You know, and there's not that many keepers I don't think that are going to score ridiculous amounts of points week in week out consistently. They're either going to do double figures or they're going to get one. Um, so for Edison, it's just you know you've got nine points there. Yeah, you know, in, and well, I'm happy with that. I'd rather have consistency than just all over the shop. Nice. Well, yeah, you were you were pretty consistent last week. I mean, everyone got into double figures apart from Dyer, who was just off it. So you, yeah, hopefully you won't do the same this weekend. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Had such a bad weekend last weekend that I'd, if it happens again, I'm going to cry. <laughs> well, this this weekend is a, a repeat of the for real um, championship weekend. It is, and I I just really wish I had a for real in my hands right now. Yes, same. I could I could drink those bad boys all day. Yeah, I think I'm. Oh, it won't be open Saturday, will it? With it Christmas Day, but Sunday I might have to pop down to Asda and get one. Just I to might have I've finished for Christmas now, so I might celebrate Christmas with a with a, a delicious for real. Oh, that's such a yes, good idea. Please. I'm going to watch Spider-Man actually tomorrow. With, with me? <laughs> no, not with you. You won't oh, see it without me last week. I'll come with you if you want. I'm, I'd happily watch it again. If you want to come with Bradford, mate, be my guest. The last time you guys um, played each other, do you remember the result? Uh, Gary romped home... Um, that's probably all I need to say on that one. Yeah, very much so. 152 points, absolutely smashed it. Yeah. Um, that feels good. It was worth yeah. it to see his, um, which we'll, we'll touch upon a bit later, <laughs> but his, his foot golf technique. Well, let's let's go for it. Um, the For Real Championship, uh, as it's now known, uh, the, the discovery of this league. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, Gary, you can you please tell us a bit about how we discovered For Real? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was a magical day. Um, it was. It was yeah. little golf refreshments were needed. And I remember walking into that one stop and <laughs> bombarded with all these different things on site, crisps, ice creams. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I saw this amazing machine, the for real machine, which offered wow. to be able to make your own milkshake. And I was hooked. I mean, any anything that involves you being able to create it, I'm on board with. And, you know, they also had Oreo flavours, which Oreo is one of my favourite kind of flavours for that kind of thing. And then I just remember the whole, you know, I remember you guys going for a Yazoo. (laughs) And I was milkshake sounds good. Maybe I'll go for that. And then I spotted the machine out of the corner of my eye. And I thought, well, you know, this looks pretty cool. What's going to happen? And then you can choose your thickness. I was like, this seems amazing. And I just I remember when I'd started, I think Andy you turned up and you were like, What the hell what's this? And I was like, <laughs> and Nell, you turned up and you're like, What what's this? And I was like, oh, <laughs> <looks amazing." laughs> And then by the end of it, yeah, Yuzu lost two customers and for real gained <laughs> two two or three lifelong addicts. Yeah, I think I think um we were we were speaking on in the chat room that in the chat group, sorry, that we just sort of—it was a look. It was there was no words spoken. It was literally like, "Yuzu back. This is us. This is us for life." It was inevitable. It just felt like we, there was no sequence of events that didn't end, end with us leaving that shop with a for real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it did not let us down. That was just incredible. They are yeah. just amazing. I mean, the only—I'm really tempted to buy a metal, like custom metal straw. Oh, custom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like with my name on it. Like. <laughs> we, we've we've got we got we got bought straws here last Christmas. I think that's how we roll. Um, metal straws. So I, I already had one in the house. Oh, but but a custom one. Yeah, that might be good. In fact, if you were to potentially win the playoffs, mm-hmm. we could present you with a custom winner's straw. 
a custom for real straw. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think <laughs> we've got to we've got to do that now. I don't think we've got any choice. <laughs> no, true, true. Forget that. You know, I mean, it is worth the. I mean, especially when you go fake. If you, well, I mean, you have to go fake. Yeah. But yeah, it, it is worth the kind of jaw and cheek workout. <laughs> you get. <laughs> That you get from having to use a paper straw. And there was so much stick that we got from over the pond saying, Oh, it's can't be this good, you're talking nonsense. And then three more followers of the for real band um and are now on board. And even um, Jordan, even Jordan, who was very um he, he I think he'd made the comment that he hadn't had a had a for real despite it being across the road from his house because he was a thirty year old man or a man <laughs> in his thirties. Uh, which it's a fair point, yeah. um, but he's he's on it now. Even even Jordan's getting uh, getting involved. It does right. It definitely does right. Yeah. I, I just knew... had a. Go on. Go on, sorry. I was just going to say, um, I I often go on the for real uh, website to find my local for real dispenser, <laughs> and um, it's it's a mile or two away, so it's not it's not overly convenient. I've just for some reason I've just typed in my uh, parents' address or so when I where I grew up and there's one right across the road. Oh, oh wow. That is so frustrating. So they move they moving back home. I might yeah. have to, yeah. There's one at the spa. If if you're listening and you're in Chorley, there's there's one at the spa at the petrol station in Whitley Woods. So oh, yeah. that's the you go to. Yeah? That's the one I go to, yeah. Oh, get in. Nice. That's, oh, my, wow. that's my local for real um my local for real stop. So do you live at Andy's mum and dad's house? <laughs> I mean, uh, oh, yeah, I Gary's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all coming together. Yeah, this, well, this is not how I wanted you to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted you to be my dad. <laughs> Six years of doing a fantasy football. <laughs> this is how you find out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were, we went to college together, right? So, yeah, uh, it, well, yeah, was, yeah that, that would have been a strange thing. thing. It's it's nice of you to keep an eye on me while I was at, <laughs> at college. Why why did you let me make those terrible decisions, Dad? Uh, <laughs> just wanted to yourself your own independence. That was all. Ah, uh, thank yeah. you. Appreciate it. Hey, you you don't learn unless you make your own mistakes, do you? Really, thank great you parenting, so, yeah. Gary. But incredible. Um, <clears throat> oh, is everyone still here? Oh, I think Andy's gone. Oh no! no the re- revelation that I'm his dad has just uh... <laughs> been, been too much for him. <laughs> been too much. <laughs> he did this on the very first one that we did. That was just me and him. He like invited me in, and then he just mm. kept. He, he wanted to do some quite hard to say Gucci stuff on. Is he back? I'm here. I'm here. Sorry about that. What are you doing, you mentalist? (laughs) Um, Now that you're back, and you've obviously, uh, we've just spoke about this before, we we were having technical difficulties. Gary, you've got to tell us the birth, the story about your technique when it comes to foot golf or football in general. Is there a story from when you were younger? Did you lash out and kill people with this leg <laughs> um, when you were playing, you know, under tens or um, well, how, how was it founded? How did it come about? I'll, you, you might be surprised to know this, but I'm not a natural athlete. <laughs> um, despite being six foot seven and <laughs> about 15 stone, it doesn't come naturally to this brain. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I do remember in high school that it, so in high, the only slight claim to fame of I mean, it, high school, our head of PE um, was a guy called Steve Walsh, who is, I, I, and I've still to this day, I don't know how he managed to keep both jobs, but whilst we we're in high school, he was a scout for Chelsea under Mourinho. Oh, wow. And he, if I remember right, whilst he was at Chelsea, he scouted Drogba. Um, wow. Yeah. That's big. Drogba went, went to my high school. Um, <laughs> no joke. Um, so he was, yeah, he was a scout for, he was a scout for Chelsea when we were in high school. So 
and then he eventually ended up becoming his his bigger kind of claim to fame um, was that he ended up being the um, assistant yeah Leicester. Leicester, and he found and he he uh, found Kante and Vardy um, and Mares. He scouted those three. Um, and won the obviously they won the league, and then he joined Everton after that as director of football, um, where you know it, it, it was all right, but he's he's not there anymore. Um, but so when I was at school, he was the scout for Chelsea, so everyone was kind of like trying their best to, you know, <laughs> team. And I distinctly remember the tryouts, you know, trials for for the team. He was there. So everyone was trying to do, everyone was trying to impress. And the two things I did to try and impress him was go for a header, um, which I missed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I towered above everyone. Like, I could have got it easily, but I completely missed. And then um, I went to take a corner with the technique that you guys have seen, um, which is just how I kick a ball. I don't know where it came from. And I think I generally just generally actually heard him kind of not tucked, but he said something under his breath and I don't think it was, <laughs> I, don't think it was I, bet, I, don't I bet it said magical. Yeah, I don't think he was like, Jesus, I've got to ring Jose right now. <laughs> We've got this lanky, lanky lad from Chorley that needs to be playing for Chelsea. It looked bad. And then so safe to say I didn't make the team. Um and from then I decided that my career in football was going nowhere. So I haven't updated any technique since I was about twelve years old. Um, to, be, to be fair, you had as you had as was all in stitches all the way around. It was eighteen <laughs> holes of, of just wonderment. It was. I've got to say, I don't think I've. I've got it. First... What would you What would you say? You know. Well, when I when I used to play after I, I stopped playing eleven aside, I played maybe before when I was younger. I played with my uncle, and they right. used to call him the scoop because rather than rather than kick the ball. He'd literally just scoop. He'd lob everything. There were no, there were no, there were no, no in betweens. It were lob or nothing. And right. That just brought back those memories of of the scoop technique. Obviously, yours was more of a a wayward a lunge. lunge. Sca- yeah. Scared of the ball. Don't want to be. Don't want to be near the Well, ball. that's that's the thing. I mean, Steve Steve Walsh would no doubt have been telling the the. The rest of the the kids to plant your standing foot next to the ball, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and follow through. So it, you you go for a different approach of maybe being two or three yards behind the ball when you yeah, get to I'm kick put- it, which is interesting. Well, <laughs> hey, you didn't just you didn't do too badly. No, no, you didn't compensate for the extra leg length that I have compared to someone else. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I've maybe got more. Leg length needs to give it a bit more room. I mean, I think Steve Walsh just didn't even bother to try and teach me. I think he saw that kick and just went, "Jesus, that guy is, <laughs> is not is not for this game." Um, <laughs> so just left to get taught. I'm so sorry, laugh. It was one of the most comical moments I think of, of this year. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe, would... maybe in this decade. <laughs> I'd I'd highly recommend that um I'll I'll put this in the podcast uh, description. I'd highly recommend going onto Steve Walsh's um Wikipedia page uh, just for the picture. All right, the picture is absolutely fantastic. Um, I'll I'll yeah I'll make sure I include a link and maybe post the picture as well. It, oh, it's, okay. it's just strange. I mean, I'll I'll describe it to you. It's it's a picture of um, Nigel Pearson. With Anthony Knockhart, and then he's literally standing behind Anthony Knockhart. You can barely see him. Oh, it's so strange. Have you seen it? <laughs> Such an odd picture. Oh, well, I've, I've got a link to um, Leicester. I dropped oh. a I dropped a vehicle off at Jamie Vardy's house when I worked at Mercedes. Didn't meet the guy, but I um, I met his brother who wasn't. It was wasn't the nicest of people. But I, uh, yeah, you're joking. <laughs> Jamie Vardy's brother wasn't nice. <laughs> no, it didn't even back me in. It just I literally stood between the front door and the shoe rack, trying to sign paperwork. 
But, um, nice, nice to know Jamie Vardy has a she-rock. That's a, <laughs> nice, bit of, nice bit of insight to the life of a Premier League footballer. For all his kids, I would think. But no, the, the, the funny thing was, I, I, I'd i driven down um, from Huddersfield to... He lives... I can't remember where he lives, but obviously I don't want to... Put, put, away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he lives at N13. At <clears throat> so I, I drove down this country road and... There's like seven or eight massive houses in um, this one space, and I have no idea which one's his. I, I've got been told I haven't been told before which one was his. And there were a guy walking his dog, and he just said to me, "Are you looking for Jamie's house?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, and he, he pointed me to it, and he said, "He can't believe it is on whatever millions is on. He's just a, a, a screw up from wherever mm-hmm. he's from, Halifax or wherever he is from." And I, I rocked up and his wall of his house had the golf ball cameras, but he didn't have just one. He had like 20 on, down the wall. And then they, he had a, a massive gate with a, um, a voice recognition pad, which I was screaming into for ages because I didn't know if it had worked or not. That's probably why his brother was so arsy with me, to be fair. Um, and he, he had a big Mercedes V250 van, which I'd, I'd brought down. <clears throat> and they'd got me a lovely... Three-door Corsa to come back in, which was parked next to his Lamborghini, his I-8 that he got for winning the league, his two Range Rover Sports and his two Bentley GT Continentals, which I found found rather amusing um, as I clambered into this horrible Vauxhall Corsa to drive home. um, He's from Sheffield. He's from Sheffield. All right, okay. Thank you very much for that. I've I've got to make a retraction, Chan. On the uh, the first pod that we did, I said that he drunk uh, VK Blue, but actually that was a chap from university that did that. He actually drinks Wicked. So mm-hmm. Jamie, if you listen to this podcast, do apologise um, for one slandering your brother. For two, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I apologise <laughs> for your brother being a screw. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but in that job, like I also met Kenny Dalglish and I met Gary Pallister and uh, David O'Leary and. Were they all John, around the parties? Uh, no, no, on individual times. I took cars to... Um, wow. Gary Pallister came to pick up two from the Huddersfield shop. He was really nice, laid back, down to earth bloke. Um, mm. David O'Leary, obviously, I was sweating from every orifice going, every sweat gland, <laughs> oozing sweat. Um, but, yeah, they were all really generally quite quite reasonable, humble people. They just obviously had... I'd rubbed Jamie Vardy's brother up the wrong way, I think, by pressing all, all the buttons on the intercom. Um, <laughs> but I just wanted to get home. <laughs> I mean, you've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to deliver that car now. You've got to, you've got to do it. You, it's the only way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I don't deliver the car, Jamie's going to be all over. <clears throat> Have you got any, any famous football connections, Andy, to, to add to this? Um, nothing quite as good as meeting Jamie Vardy's brother. I mean, I played I played a, a charity game um, with some ex players and stuff, and uh, I played. It was with uh, Brian Robson was one of the players. So obviously, that's nice. massive, you know. Brian Robson, crazy. Oh. He lasted thirty seconds of the game before pulling <laughs> up with an injury. <laughs> True hero of the game, which was really good. But I, I played Dennis Irwin was was I, oh. I played right back alongside oh. Dennis Irwin. Very very proud of that. Yeah, wow. that's pretty damn good. That's that's pretty. Yeah. I'll give you that. That's amazing. I'll I'll reveal more on our next week's podcast of oh, people fantastic. that have met. Oh, uh, but, um, yeah. Well, I've, I've just, just <laughs> I've just given up all my information. <laughs> I should have I should have kept the Dennis Irwin stuff for next week. <laughs> <laughs> edit it out. Edit it out. Yeah, you can <laughs> edit that back in there. <laughs> I I just actually want to edit on a, a more of a serious, angry. Vibe, no. Um, what were your views on the weekend, Gary, in regards to the shambolic um, in-play action of, of VAR? And I've, I've, I've got 10 examples here, and I'm sure, like I said to you earlier, Andrew, I'm sure I've missed some, probably some big ones. But in the last two weeks, I'll just run through them before I get your, your, um, your views, Gary. Um, <laughs> but when Leeds played Chelsea, the Rudica penalty, now other people said it was a penalty, it wasn't a six foot four, probably weighs, I don't know, 15 stone or something. You never go down with a touch on the on the calf, conned the referee. And then Reese James should have been sent off for his lunge tackle on Daniel James. How he wasn't, I do not know. 
<clears throat> the contentious uh, um, Ronaldo penalty against Norwich, which I know again a lot of people say is not contentious. But it, it, I guess Gary might have an opinion on that one. He might, he might do so. <laughs> you can save that to to the end. Um, and then Burnley versus West Ham. I think it was Dwight McNeil. And yep. this would have, this would have won me the game against Mike for <laughs> enough. Uh, he cleaned out uh, someone in the someone in the West Ham. Dawson, I think. Yeah, Craig Dawson. Um, thank you, Mike. And Mike, Andy. I'm calling you, Mike. Mike. <laughs> Um, but nothing was given. No, no monitors were checked. VAR said it was fine. Um, Robbo against um, Aston Villa got taken out by Nakamba. Again, nothing given. Um, Wolves, Man City, how the heck that was a penalty is is beyond me when it actually generally hit. Oh, that was that was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, the one that they didn't give in the first half for more of a penalty than that one. <clears throat> and then coming into this weekend. I know Leeds would have been beaten by Arsenal no matter what. This, the teams were just worlds apart. But Xhaka's tackle on Rafinha, how it was just a throwing, not even a booking, let alone a red card, I had no idea. Um, the penalty that Newcastle didn't get at Man City was just unbelievable. I can't believe that. And the, and the justification that Cancelo went away with the ball is just laughable. And then, obviously, the final game of the weekend, the tottenham Liverpool game, the Harry Kane red and the, the no penalty for Jota. It's just... I think by, by that point, I just think my wits end. I don't normally generally get too irate with decisions, but yeah, I was not happy to say the least. So what, what was your take on VAR over the last two weeks, Gary? Yeah, I mean, the, the Kane one was ridiculous because that was like... I don't know. I think my, my the, the issue with VAR is my issue is the slow motion side of things because I don't think it gets like brought up about how much of an effect that has on how you view a foul or a tackle or you know any of the, any any of the decisions that's going to be made because it can make one way it can make things look much worse than it is. Like camphor handballs certainly make them look much worse. Yeah, um, and then in other ways it can make things look not as not as bad as it was. I think it, that's the case sometimes with tackles where they're sometimes focusing on the wrong thing and actually watching that came on at full speed was just horrific. Right, yeah. Because like, it was so in the open as well. There was just so no, there was just no need for it. Yeah. It was kind of like when you like play FIFA and you don't know which button, you know, you've got the wrong, <laughs> button, put the wrong button layout and you think you're just pre- pressing standing tackle and you've accidentally pressed slide because it's just so unnecessary now. I was like, geez, <laughs> you kind of felt like Kane was going to go, ah, oh, I, I did the wrong tackle, sorry. Like, you know. But yeah, yeah Matt- to, to give that, no, you know, nothing, it was just ridiculous. And I feel like the way that they kind of view it back, I feel like the pressure, the, especially the, the bits that I don't like, the, the when the referees have been asked to look at it. Yeah. And for some reason, they put the screens like in the worst positions for a referee to be because they're just surrounded by players or fans or whatever. And it's just not right. And I think that kind of contributes to it. But yeah, I think it's just been a bit farcical the past couple of weeks. Um, and that Spurs-Liverpool game was was insane for some of the decisions. Yeah, definitely. Do you think the Ronaldo penalty was a penalty? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That was the one they got. Right? <laughs> 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 but Mark Mark said on again speaking about this previous Andy, but he said, um, "What did he say? I forgot actually what he said." Oh my god, this is I literally never happened. Did it, he said? I think he said, "Life's too short. Let's just get on with it, lads." Oh, it's in god. the it's in the past. Everyone makes mistakes. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, you, can't trust, you can't trust the word Mark Clattenburg says. Like he's an absolutely ridiculous individual. He is, but actually, it was it was on the side of the players that he um he said that Robert was lucky to walk. He said that he, oh, that's what that's the one, Andy. I remember. Thank you very much for your yes, <clears throat> Um <laughs> But he, he said that with the referees, obviously they have a split second decision, whereas VAR, there's no excuse to get a decision wrong because you get it from. Literally 300 camera angles, and you can slow it down, speed it up. You can, yeah. and I, I just don't understand. And it, it's the personnel, isn't it? It's not, it's not that. Um, 
Right, we'll we'll take on his advice and move on before I get irate. No, I think one thing I would say is, and it, Clark Burke's just I find Clark Burke hilarious with everything that he's come out with since retiring. It, it just a lot of his stuff just blows my mind that he he be saying that. But I always think I find it ridiculous how old some of the referees are. Yeah, uh, and it just surely it must have an effect because they're out there it, like. Fair play to them for being able to last the match, but they can't be as good as someone who's... Because a lot of times, I think VAR helps them when they're out of position. Yeah. Um, but it just seems to happen more often than not that they're completely in the wrong part of the pitch. And I do wonder with the game getting a lot faster than it used to be and seemingly just referees don't seem to change. We seem to have the same old referees. Who is your rival in fan tracks? <laughs> my rival. Oh, hey, well, it's got to be Jordan. Jordan's my rival in life, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, it's yeah, it's got it's always been Jordan, but for a little while it was it was Ben. I don't know why, but I remember that it was the game a few seasons back where I beat Ben by like one point or less than a point. I think it was like 0.5 or 0.7 points. And it was only because Jordan loaned me a player to do so. And actually, really looking back on it, it was a really poor sport to, to do that. <laughs> <laughs> to loan a player for a week. Because I know if someone did it to me now, I'd be absolutely fuming. Um, but yeah, so for a little while, kind of Ben, um, but Jordan's always kind of definitely been the one that I've always wanted to be. And if, and to be fair, I've beaten him every time I played him this season. So I've absolutely dominated him in most games. Good man, um, which has been which has been great. He's you know considering you know he's higher than me in the uh, in the league. He's he's not managed to beat me this season. So that's I hope been... you get him in the. Uh... In the playoff final and, and beat him because that is sweet. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? I feel like yeah, yeah. Playoff final definitely need to get everyone together. If I'm especially oh. get around his house and I just want to watch him have every game <laughs> at the same time, just watch every point roll in. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to bring the trophy. What are they? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I don't, I don't really want. In fact, Andy were looking at. Um, I mean, I don't know how. Where, where the line is for, for sad or awesome is flirting with it, but it, it wants to get rings. Oh. A championship ring. <laughs> uh, just uh, imagine Mike walking around with two, two oh, fantasy football man. rings. Well, oh. it's funny because, so you, obviously, you know, in the, in the league, we have a bit of a love for um, DH Gate and their. Yes. Uh, and and the, the you know we admire the the the, the stores on there, yeah. but you can get. I'm being reliably told you can get, re, you know, replica championship rings like the NFL and the NBA oh, have for very cheap. And I I may have seen them in real life, um, <laughs> and they are very good quality, and they come in a little presentation box. Right. Okay. Well, uh, I'll have a look at that because I've got. Um... I've just got my second athletic mini aero shirt and um, my Ajax uh, Bob Marley edition one, and oh, I've got funny. I've got three in the basket at the minute. I've got um, my friend got a buy Munich green one, and Ooh. it is beauty. Like it looks just like the real thing. Um, and then I've ordered the third athletic mini aero kit. I think that's my new team. <clears throat> um, just for I mean I hate I hate it cost when you play for Chelsea, but. Him and Hulk up front are unbelievable. Mm. Um, they just won the first title in 50 years, actually. So you probably can call me a glory supporter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've got a, Ju- a Juventus retro when they were sponsored by Sony and Zidane 21 on the back. Um, oh. So I'm, I'm hoping oh. that that'll be beauty. Yeah, but, that sounds amazing. I mean, the, the, the replica 92, 90 to 92 United away kit that I got, yeah, was perfect. Like the lettering was amazing. It was that, it was that. Um, you know the old felt lettering. Oh, really? 
flat and even the badge was felt. Yeah, it was absolutely perfect. I was really impressed by it. But then so, on the flip side, you can get ones like I got my, the lead shirt from last season mm. and it literally looked as shiny as tin foil. It was horrific. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it, it is a bit hit and miss, but if you get a good a good supplier, then I suppose you're quids in, aren't you? Um, yeah. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's hit and miss, but you just got to take the chance, and you for the for the for the cost. Yeah, for for fourteen then, quid at most, it's amazing. It's, it's no, is it really? Yeah. Um, the last question, which we'll we'll go on to, is this could be a long one for you to explain, but we oh. we asked everyone when you watch football. And then you watch football and play fantasy football alongside. Mm. Have you found the experience of watching games different, better, or worse while playing fantasy football? I think, yeah. I mean, it's, if I was hearing Ryan and you know, the guys talking about, I found it better because I find myself watching more games because I want to keep an eye on the players that I've got. Yeah, and it makes me enjoy. It makes me enjoy. It makes me watch games differently because I think uh, it might have been you know I've seen, or uh, even Andy. You kind of watch how certain players move. Like I was watching, you know, the um, City game. The past well, past few weeks, I've been watching City games, which I yeah. normally do, being a United fan. <laughs> but with United not playing, you know, they've been on and they've obviously been playing great football, which I hate yeah. to say. But watching Bernardo Silva play and how he moves, um, and and you know goes quite goes quite deep, and then yeah. he can it then sneaks into place in the box just to be able to, you know, receive a ball. But then we'll still go back, track back, and it, a lot of that has been how I've watched games. It's maybe particular players. It might not be always watching the team, but it might be going okay. Well, how does you know how Sterling been playing in in that squad? How does Silva play? Even like, how does Ashley Westwood play in Burnley? I might yeah. just stick Burnley game on for a bit just to watch that. Um, but even more so, I enjoy watching the kind of um, goal rush. Is it on dance? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. The zone has a really good goal rush. Even when Prime had the games the other week where midweek games that were playing at like eight o'clock at night. Yeah. Watching the goal rush there because it just, like I said, watching that with fan tracks open, watching everything happen live, catching it all at the same time, it just makes it a lot more, makes football a lot more exciting. Because even if, you know, United are not playing, I don't care because I'm, you know, watching to see how Saiz is doing for the Wolves or, you know, how Aaron Cresswell's doing. It, you know, it, it just it makes yeah, on, it on the treatment table. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the commentary team when you could talk about silver. I mean, do you remember watching football with player cam back in the day when um, it, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't it be so good if you could have player cam now? But the, yeah, um, yeah, the silver. I think that they must have been playing Newcastle, and they were obviously not even. I don't think they got out of second gear, but no. I think um, whoever came on for Al- Almiron were down on the right hand side. Um, taking on Cancelo or whoever it was that was left back or Zinchenko and Bernardo Silva came out of nowhere and helped Zinchenko out took the ball off the, the Newcastle player and, and like the, the commentator were raving about the work rate off the ball and like obviously he's a phenomenal footballer but it's just that aptitude, oh, yeah, aptitude and appetite to want to get the ball back that I think they all say though, the top teams work harder than the rest and I think them, Man City and Liverpool, obviously depict and show that. But the him, I think he, I'm so jealous that you've got him. He's just so <laughs> wonderful to watch. Because he's, he's, I wouldn't go as far as say he's like Geldart and Messi because that's, it. but just his balance and the and the way that he can just ghost past people. And I mean, if I tried that, I'd fall over or you know break <laughs> someone's leg or something. But he, 